Welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word, the podcast that empowers you to say fuck being fine. Tired of being stuck in a place where you say everything's fine, when it's really not fine at all? You're not alone. I'm your host, Lori Seitz. I've been there too, and so have my guests. Here's a secret. All it takes is a conscious decision to change and then restructure beliefs so your actions take you in the right direction. That's where Fine is a Four-Letter Word comes in. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories from people who have transformed their lives and businesses and practical tips and takeaways to move you from spinning in place to forward action so you can create a life of joy. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. The human body is an amazing machine. It has resilience and capabilities most people don't understand. But what happens to the body when we sacrifice too much in service to others? Dr. David Gestitis was raised by parents who divorced when he was very young, but it didn't seem that bad because they were both on the same page about raising him and very involved in his upbringing. He was taught the value of self-sacrifice, that you give and give and give to the point of having very little regard for your own needs. Don't get a big head. Don't be full of yourself. Always put others first. As a child, Dr. Dave had debilitating asthma. Then his mom took him to a chiropractor who miraculously, quote-unquote, fixed him in about 10 minutes. He became an excellent soccer player and a great athlete. After a stint in his 20s working for an environmental nonprofit, he found his true calling. Remembering how his childhood chiropractor changed his life and wanting to do the same for others, he went to chiropractic school and built a bustling practice. He got married and had two children. Everything seemed fine. But fine is a four-letter word. While he had a great relationship with his kids, Dr. Dave's marriage wasn't going so well. He threw himself into triathlon training as a way of self-medicating. Physically, he was in top-notch shape. So he thought. Then one day, while driving in Chicago with his 11-year-old daughter, he felt a pounding in his chest and everything went white. Was it a heart attack? A panic attack? Psychosomatic? After repeated emergency room visits and numerous tests, it turned out Dr. Dave had autoimmune thyroid called Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Basically, the stress caused by his self-sacrifice combined with eating the wrong food caused his body to attack itself. A year after knowing his marriage was over, he finally asked for a divorce. Once again, he struggled to climb stairs, ironically, just a few months after his best triathlon and becoming a Taekwondo black belt. What was going on here? In a moment, when you meet Dr. Dave, you'll hear his journey toward regaining his health and prowess. Along the way, he discovered what causes people to have health problems and why society must rewire itself to stop accepting cancer and heart disease as normal. Like Dr. Dave, you may think everything's fine even though it isn't because you're on the inside looking out and don't see the warning signs. In my special guide, Five Easy Ways to Start Living the Sabbatical Life, you'll discover the steps to creating more success in your life through a counterintuitive concept. It will open your eyes to some things you aren't seeing just yet. 
Before you crash and burn, you may need to slow down or even pull over. This means resting, reflecting, and recharging. And you can do this even if your current situation doesn't let you just walk away from everything right now. Take a moment to visit zenrabbit.com and download it from the homepage. And now, let's go see Dr. Dave Gastitis. We're right on time for our appointment. Hello and welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My guest today is Dr. David Gastitis. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lori. It's a pleasure to be here. So, been excited to be here. For yeah, I'm excited. We've talked about this for a long time. So Dr. Dave is my chiropractor who I have known since, um, well, we started appointments in December. So it was before that, almost a whole year already. And we... Mm-hmm have talked about having you on the show and finally you're here. So let's jump right into it. Awesome. What were the values and beliefs that you were raised with that contributed to you becoming who you became as, as a young adult and then moving forward? Ooh, wow. That's a good, rich question. Um, you know, in my family, um, there were, my mom and dad, they were on the same page. They divorced when I was four, but they each rose, you know, raised me with very um, unique perspectives. So my dad was more like, be tough, keep your word. You know, if you say you're going to do it, you do it. Um, follow through, never give up. Yeah, that was my dad. Um, my mom was always just be kind, be considerate, think about how they're feeling. Um, She's always thinking about what the other person um, would want, what would make it special, that interaction, that that call, you know, who needs a call, a follow-up to see how they're doing. She's always thinking about other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so between those two, um, and then I think that what they shared a lot was being very personable, being very friendly, and I always saw them uh, surrounded by people who, who knew their name, who liked them and were excited to see them. And so, you know, I was surrounded by their social circles and it made me feel like that was normal and just wanted to be a person who was known in my community. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and now you are, (laughs) how was, was there anything, did you have, like, were you instilled with values that you felt like you had to um, not overcome, but like maybe they weren't all positive values and you had to work to rewire your brain, I guess, is the question. Mm. Yeah, I th- I think I mean, part of it was there's a level of, of self-sacrifice on that both of my parents taught me, you know, to the extent that you give and give and give because that's the right thing to do but very little regard for what do you need. Um, and, and also not a whole lot of room for self, um, congratulation. My, I was always told, don't get a big head. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, congratulations, but don't get a big head. Don't let that go to your head. You know, like, oh, cause, cause what's going to happen? Right. <laughs> and I didn't know what does that mean? You know, so like, don't I get to celebrate that I just did something great and, 
and I was always excited and I was always the, you know, I am an enthusiast by the Enneagram, you know, profile, right? The personality profile. And so I'm always excited and celebrating and like, yeah, you know, and they're like, hey, keep it down. You know, you don't want to be cocky. Don't be mm. full of yourself. And I don't really think I was, but I think I just was excited about life and excited about, look what I can do. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is me as a five-year-old, right? right? And um, so that kind of self-sacrifice, like don't, don't outshine the people around you. Don't, um, don't forget about them and don't put yourself first. And that's wonderful when you're in servant role, but long-term in terms of health, mm -hmm. you know, that, that takes a toll. Yeah. Take me back to, or I, cause I know the story, take the listeners back to the, the pivotal moment when you decided to go into chiropractic. Cause I think this is a really interesting story. Yeah. Um, well, I'll give the first experience uh, that I had, which kind of really changed my life. Um, I had been a sick, asthmatic child from pretty much my first year of life. And my mom brought me to the emergency room and the pediatrician and kind of did whatever she could and was not getting anywhere. You know, the medications or the, the, the oxygen treatments or the, you know, nebulizer, whatever they were giving me was not really changing the course of my illness. She finally meets a chiropractor. He adjusts me 10 minutes later. I'm breathing better. And we're like, okay, we'll go to this guy. Yeah. I, I didn't care what he did. He just helped me. Yeah. Right. And so from then on, I was start, started to be able to play around like a normal kid. I played soccer. That grew into a passion and I was able to get fit. You know, I wasn't running around before chiropractic mm -hmm. and now I'm running around and getting fit. And I made it to a college team in uh, division one. And, you know, that wasn't on the, in the cards. And then in my twenties, I'm trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life. And I, and I, my first post-college passion was go save the rainforest. And so I worked for a nonprofit in Peru. Um, it was actually based in DC here called Conservation International. They had a program throughout the world, uh, each country in the tropics, they had country programs. And I spent a year there thinking that's what I wanted to do, but I realized, okay, I'm going to have to depend on a grant making institution for the rest of my life, valuing my work. And I didn't like the idea of being dependent upon somebody else to do what I wanted to do. And I learned that those who have enough money to donate can influence these programs more than I could as a worker on the program, in my opinion, because the money made the program happen. And so I kind of pulled myself away from that. I said, okay, well, what really jazzed me up and what really made the biggest impact on my life? And I thought, you know, my chiropractor made the biggest impact on my life. He taught me that my body had a capability of healing from within that I didn't need something from the outside, that I had the, the potential to be healthy, that I wasn't like, I am an asthmatic. No, you are a child who has asthma and you're in the condition of asthma. And so he allowed my body to not be in that condition. And so when I thought about how he allowed me to have a fuller, richer life, I thought, you know what? I'm gonna help people with their inner ecology so that they can then better take care of the outer ecology, you know, yeah. so the outer ecosystem. So I was able to combine those two things. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. My eyes are watering. I, um, <laughs> I think it's really interesting that you just mentioned 
not being labeled as an asthmatic versus this is a condition that I have or this is a condition that I'm working with or I'm treating, whatever it is, you're not labeling yeah. yourself as that. And, uh, you know, it's interesting too in other languages, which I don't speak, I know you speak Spanish. They, people in this, in English, you say I'm fat, but in other languages, they don't say that, right? They don't, isn't it more like I have fat? Like we're, it's not taking on the identity of that. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, for, for sure, when it comes to like asthma, if you want to say that, I mean, tienes asthma, you know, you have asthma, you know, yeah. like you have it, you're carrying it with you, but, um, but yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's not so much, uh, a label, it's a state, right? So yeah, it's a state of being right now. And then doesn't it? To me, it would make it easier from a other than conscious perspective to change that when it's not part of your identity, when it's not who you are. It's just something you have and then you give it up or you give it away or you hand it off. Yeah. Psychologically yeah. and from your brain waves, it's easier to do that. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, the, the, the idea that is often used around here in our country anyway, in the Western world is, you know, you're diseased, mm -hmm. you know, you're diseased, you have a disease. Well, and, and I love the analogy of diseases like darkness. There is no lamp for darkness. There's only lamps for light and darkness isn't a thing. You can't add darkness. All you can do is take away the light mm. and our, our body um, if you've heard the term entropy, entropy is a state of disorder, right? Mm -hmm. So we, the universe tends towards disorder, but the first thing that's, that it's in is a state of order, right? So there's order in galaxies, there's order in our solar system, order in a planet. You go down to living things, we have order. The more organization there is, the more life there is. And as something ages, whether it's a planet or, you know, a solar system or a galaxy or our bodies, we go towards disorder, but the amount of energy and life that there is within us, the more order there is. So the disorder isn't really the thing, it's a condition. And the more energy we have, the more we can be our true self. And so um, chiropractic allows the body to better communicate with itself, to organize that order and to create literally more order within your body um, by helping your internal energy and communication system to work better. So, um, just like adding more light to the room, you know, you're not taking away the, the darkness, you're just outshining it. Mm. And that's what disease is really like the lack of order or lack of organization within the body. So it's kind of a cool way of thinking that, yeah, I just need to stop pouring things into my body or exposing myself to environments that suck away my order and my life and my energy and add things to my life that will give me more energy, more life, more vitality. It's all about going from chaos to calm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's so, there's this is a, a, what am I trying to say here? Like uh, correspondence to what you do and what I do. Yeah. Is, yeah. That staying calm in chaos. And, and there's, and there's some chaos in growth, right? Like the big yes. bang. If you want to get, stay with that big universal analogy, there's the big bang was chaotic. Um, and growth is chaotic, but at the same time, then it leads towards order and, um, well, ideally, right? Not, 
Yeah. Not all of the things we try to do, especially as humans, creates order after the chaos, but we we seek it. You know, we when we're in a, we're sitting in a puddle of uh, whatever, you know, we want to clean it up. You know, we right. want to find let's order order guys organize things again. Yeah, for sure. Growth is messy. Like it's it, that's a requirement of growth, but it's not a requirement for uh, for it's not required to stay in that mess and right. to live there all the time. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So you went into chiropractic. You're you've got I'm sure you started out with a thriving practice because you just have that magnetic personality and people Thanks. are attracted to it. And, and then at some point, everything looked great in your life, but it wasn't because mm. that's why that, that is obviously why you're on the show. Fine was not fine. Yeah, what happened? for sure. For sure. Yeah. So I'm cruising along, you know, I was um I was married with two kids and um, chiropractic practice was going fine. My kids were going fine, but my marriage wasn't going fine. Um, did I acknowledge it? No. Um, having grown up in a household where parents divorced, I never, ever wanted to do that. And so yes. um, kind of uh, no matter what it takes, don't do that. Same. And mm -hmm. And so I ignored all the warning signs, you know, I'm all the, this, all the signs on the road said, bridges out, bridges out. And I'm just <laughs> cruising down 55 miles an hour, you know, blasting through all the gates. Just I'm, I'm going to jump this bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump this sucker. <laughs> yeah. And so what am I doing? I'm, I'm self-medicating with uh, triathlon training. You know, I was doing uh, just sprint triathlon. So not I don't be too impressed, but just like the little, you know, like that's still impressive. Yeah, Come on. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm in awe of the people who do like the half Ironmans and all that stuff. Like you're welcome but, to celebrate here. I won't tell you hey, anything about not celebrating. Getting so a big I, head. I don't have a big head about it. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's say that I follow my parents advice, but certainly say, yeah, I was doing that as a way of, you know, burning off stress, burning off energy and uh, getting my mind off of things. And, um, Little did I know that I had some sensitivity and vulnerabilities in my body. Um, and I went with my daughter for a weekend in Chicago uh, to a dance workshop. It was an all-weekend work workshop. And, and we're in Chicago, and my dad, when my parents divorced, my dad moved to Chicago. And I went to see him a few times, you know, many times growing up. And he brought me to this place that had Chicago-style Italian beef with these certain kind of French fries and, like, chocolate shakes and it's not very chiropractic natural healthy food but stuff like it had a, it, sometimes it had a, you gotta say yeah what whatever yeah exactly um so i'm with my daughter and like we gotta go there for lunch we only had like 45 minutes but come on it's right around the corner let's go uh, from the hotel we'll go there so i scarfed down this uh italian beef sandwich is delicious and french fries and a chocolate malt I hadn't had that food in a long time. And my body is probably like, whoa, what did you just do? <laughs> and, and I didn't even think about it. You know, we were, we literally ate fast. We had to get back because your afternoon session is starting in like 20 minutes. And we're driving down the road, this short drive, and I'm about to turn left and I about pass out. Oh my and, God. And like I had a white out experience. So people talk about blackout. Well, for me, like everything went white and, I like literally my body just kind of sang back 
And then what I remember is I came to and my my heart was pounding on the inside of my chest like a piston, like bam, bam, bam. And and that was that was the moment. And uh I'm thinking, what which what just happened? I had no idea. But I just this crazy sensation washed over me. I nearly black out, feel this pounding in my chest, and I'm like, what does that mean? I I'd never I'd never experienced it before. I had no reference point of what did that, what did that mean? My daughter's sitting next to me, jamming out to some music. She's like 11. And, you know, she's just like, dude, 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 dude. And I she go, didn't notice. And I go, uh, hold on a second. And I'm trying to turn left here, by the way. It's like, I'm, it's yeah. my turn to turn, but I didn't move because I'm, uh, you know. I muster up the courage to keep driving to get over to the parking lot of the hotel and I just kind of say, I, I think I'm not going to watch this afternoon. I'm going to go lay down. And it continued to happen a little, like, not the same thing, but I started to have these waves of experience of, like, where, whoa, my heart's racing. And then it's calming me down again. Something's not right. And then we went to dinner um, with my brother and my and my and uh, uh, his family. And it, it started happening again, like, kind of like this bigger thing, like, whoa, it's about to, I'm about to pass out again. I said, brother, can you take me to the hospital? I think I need to get checked out. So anyway, fast forward five hours there in Northwestern Memorial Hospital, downtown Chicago, you're perfectly healthy. Like you're an elite athlete. Look at you. Like you have nothing wrong with you. We can't find anything. That's the good news. Mm -hmm. I suggest you follow up with your doctor. Are you sure you're not under stress? Maybe it's stress. I'm sure it's not in your head. <laughs> it's all in your head, right? And I'm like, you know, when doctors say that to you, you just want to you know, right. you just want to strangle somebody, right? Because you know your body and you know there is something. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, growing up with asthma and all that stuff, I was very aware of my body and these things that would normally... Yeah, especially as an athlete, too. Yeah. Things that would normally happen to me that were wrong or not, you know, like were indicators of something being wrong. That was not one of them. And that was off the radar. And anyway, went forward... Six um, additional ER visits. Two of them were roadside ambulance calls because oh, wow. I thought it was the time. Like I thought this was it. And it got, you know, because they were getting worse. But no one event, like nothing took me out. You know, I survived them. But everybody kept telling me, you're fine. And then I got a reputation at the local hospital for like the after the third visit. They're starting to ask me psych questions. And I'm like, buddy, this is not normal body function. I'm sorry yeah. that you can't find it, but there's something going on here. Somebody's got to find it. So a cardiologist uh, checked me over. He said, again, you have low, or very high vagal tone, which is an indicator of, you know, athletic um, fitness and cardiac function neurological function and that lowers your heart rate and he's just like chalking it up to that you're really really fit and no <laughs> so he, he wrote up a script and and one of his yeah if you want to get your thyroid checked that might be a good thing to do you know maybe okay so i walk out with an option to check that out if i want to and finally i did and lo and behold my my antibodies for my thyroid um uh, the carrier hormone, th thyroglobulin 
antibodies. Thyroglobin is what it's like the bus that carries thyroid around. They were like 592 and they're supposed to be below 30. And oh, like, geez. Oh, there's something right there. And it turned out that I have autoimmune thyroid or called Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Very well regarded or well known now, but um, very popular, in fact. And that was how I learned about it. You know, and they, mm. it, it is, I think it is uh, determined that people on average take about six years and four doctors to get an autoimmune diagnosis um, because they're just floundering, you know, finding their way around. And with what I know as a chiropractor, as, you know, studying the body, it was still confusing. Right. Yeah. So this is the point is like you have all of this medical knowledge you are practicing and you still didn't know what was wrong you still had issues you know you still had a health issue and it still took you a long time to figure out what it is yeah and it because people and and you were in good health to start with yeah and everybody all my friends around me were like i think it's just you're just having panic attacks that's all it is it's just panic attacks well, i'm like yeah i'm stressed Totally. I get it. But this is not what stress does to me. I right. didn't think. But you were right. Mm. <laughs> stress obviously precipitated and not if it didn't cause it, it, it triggered. Yeah, for sure. And so going back to that conversation about order and disorder, the chronic stress, I mean, when you're, when you're in uh chronic fight or flight, all unnecessary and, and, non-immediate functions of the body are postponed all mm -hmm. energy is diverted away from your digestive tract your immune system your prefrontal cortex for focus and concentration all these things right, right? it's all about survive and all the energy is all the taking the, the the living room chairs the furniture throw that in the fireplace because everything needs to be burned to keep this fire burning it's not about sitting around the living room and hanging out and having a chat. So like in the body, all those long-term maintenance and repair functions, they're not done. And so over time, that disorder started to creep into my body and my immune system started to forget who was me versus who was an invader. And so it started to attack. Yeah, so then it just attacks everything, yeah. right? Started to attack my own body. Wow. Okay. How long did it take you, one, to leave the marriage after that, and two, to um, get to restore order to your body? Yeah. Uh, yeah, tough. It was tough because I still didn't want to accept and face that issue. Um, so it took me a year to ask for a divorce um, and and then to restore order to my body. That took about... I think two years just to kind of get get back to a point where I could begin to recover, mm -hmm. um, kind of hit the bottom, stabilize, and then start to get strong again. Because um, in my lowest point, I was struggling to get up the stairs. I mean, this is this is only a few months after my last race, mm -hmm. and it was my best race. It was in August of 2015. That was my best race, uh, fastest of all all the. Um, swimming, biking, uh -huh. and running. 
And I was a Taekwondo uh, black belt, you know, a first degree black belt before all that, going to class, you know, breaking boards and yeah, you know, sparring and all that stuff. Nope. I thought I was done. I thought all of those things were going to be f- never to be revisited because not in this condition. Right. I, I was worried that I was going to push myself over the edge. And, you know, my big comeback started in 2018 when my instructor, my Taekwondo instructor, uh, Joe Peterson, who is now a grandmaster, he's like, uh, like seventh degree or eighth degree. I don't know. He's way How many there. degrees are there? He, nine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, um, well, maybe there's 10. I think there's nine. I, uh, that's all I've heard I was of. just curious. Uh, I don't anyway, know. This is like, yeah, there's a lot. A lot. And, but he invited me back. He said, you know, you can go at your pace. You know, you can come to class and if you can only do 10 minutes and do 10 minutes, you know, do something and, uh, you're welcome to come. And, and I understand if you don't, but, and I was thinking I really wanted to, it was like a sense of normalcy, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, I want to, I want to believe. I don't see how. Because right now, thinking 10 minutes, it sounds exhausting. Yeah. And I started to climb back. And um, I think it took me a year and a half. And then I went for my second degree black belt. And that was a seven-hour test. Wow. On a Saturday. Yeah. And my wife. So during this whole process, I think I was talking all about me, but um, I reconnected with... Um, a woman that I dated in 1994 for three months when I lived in DC before I went to Peru to the Amazon and then chiropractic college and all that stuff. We dated, broke up, and then we went our separate ways. And then, um, we both got married, both had two kids each. And when I was, uh, when the divorce, uh, was imminent, um, we were, we'd already asked for and accepted. We weren't going to divorce. We just hadn't signed the papers. She reached out to me with a hamstring issue. Oh, wow. Like, like just totally random. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She she said, I know you're a healthcare provider and I'm struggling to find an answer for my hamstring problem and wondered if you might have some answers or some ideas of what to do. So we started reconnecting and talking about life and for you know, hey, how's marriage? How's your family? And like, yeah, it's good. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, and then next conversation. Ah, it's not that fine. Well, no, it's not fine at all. <laughs> it's really terrible. And um, I'm looking, you know, for something better. Um, oh, well, I hope the best for you. And yeah, well, it'd be great to connect sometime. Yeah. Okay. Talk to you soon. And. You know, little by little, we started to reconnect and we fall in love again. And challenge was that, um, you know, we were far away. I was in Mo- Milwaukee and she was here in D.C. And um, but we went forward and we met up again. And yeah, it, our three month prior relationship, you know, was rekindled again. And we got married in 2018. And that was uh, it was Terrific. It's just, I don't know, it just feels right. Uh-huh. And it's just not trying so hard. Yeah. And, you know. Well, anyway, you're different people going. in, in you know, when you're in your 20s than you are 
when you're in your 40s. And so yeah, you weren't yeah. ready for each other, I guess, at that point totally. until later. It's always right. so interesting to me how the universe arranges things. Like it had you touch base sort of in the beginning. Then it's like, nope, not time yet. And then brings you back together. Like all of the, the synchronicities are so fascinating to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, she, I consider her my angel because she, when I was struggling so much, she was there encouraging me and helping me see that I'm going to get through it and recover. And it's just without her, I wouldn't have, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I, it would have taken me a lot longer uh -huh. if I had gotten through all that. But, yeah. What, yeah. what were the, the mental things that you were working through through all of these challenges because you're talking about physical ailments but and and finding solutions to that mm -hmm. and because i know you're also into personal development stuff and how did you get into that was that always a piece of it or did you find that more when you were in that really troubled time you know i I don't know how you feel about Tony Robbins, but I I read his book when I was sixteen. Yep, um, Unlimited Power, I think it was. That's where and, I started too. And I was just like, wow! I just just and I think I read Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking. And when I was exposed to these ideas, it was like, this really changes things. This really, you know, it opened my mind. Nobody around me was thinking that way when I was sixteen, mm -hmm. but I started to realize that there are two ways of looking at any given situation, you know, kind of like everybody else looks at it and then the positive way, uh -huh. you know, looking at possibilities. And so that was all kind of in my head. And I think my dad, I give him uh, some credit for putting those ideas into my head for the first time. Uh -huh. And then when I was going through all this, I think, um, yeah, I, I just, I didn't have a point of reference for how I could heal. And I think initially what was so hard was, I, you know, nobody around me had autoimmunity. Nobody understood it mm -hmm. other than a couple of practitioners that I linked up with. And, and once I found somebody who had gone through their own recovery, then I could truly believe mm. what could happen. And I think about, even as I'm saying that, I'm realizing I I really need to reach out to more people to help them to be their guide because I felt so lost mm. initially because what I was told medically and, and, you know, and you try to research it and Google and all you get is, you know, it's a permanent condition. It's not going to change. You need these medications to suppress your immune system, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's nothing you can do. It's all you're 100% victim, yep. you know, deal with it. And and I've never been, with my whole asthma journey, I've never been a victim. Like it's always been fighting my way back. I'm going to overcome this because I saw that I could. Right. And so now it's time to learn how to do that with this issue um, and to see see my body and my vitality on the other side. Mm -hmm. And to start believing that each step of improvement, each healing phase was just one more step towards getting me back towards normal. And that became my way of chunking it down 
into something that, okay, I'm not going to leap this mountain in one, one jump. I have to take it a step at a time. Yeah. Cool. Um, so that came, that the personal development, was there anything else that you used other than, um, what you've already talked about to help you? Um, I mean, you taught it, it, it. There's a lot. There's the personal yeah, development. There's... there's the, all the things. Do you have, I think I know the answer to this already. You have a chiropractor who yeah. works on you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, so like personal development, if you're including like what I do, um, for myself, I mean, my own health regimen. Yeah. Like what's, what's um, your, what's your routine now? Oh goodness. Yeah. This, so that part is the whole universe. So once I, first I had to learn what are all my triggers and I did a bunch of blood tests and figure out all the things that my body was reacting to. Right. So my immune system in its disorder, it started to pick a fight with all these different things from all these foods, from Turkey to. Hey, hey, you um, want a piece of this? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's like the come on, so <laughs> My 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 Irish, Italian, Lithuanian, French, English, yeah. whatever, all all of them came into this fighter. It's like, yeah. So we're gonna pick a fight with everything in the universe, and um. So yeah, so it's you know benign foods like turkey and parsley and cilantro and onions and garlic, and then um and plastic. I found I did a chemical sensitivity test and found that I'm creating antibodies against plastic and are you eating for, a lot of plastic <laughs> apparently <laughs> and, and and formaldehyde you know like oh okay so must have inhaled too much of that as a ta in chiropractic college because yeah. i was in the lab for two years teaching anatomy um so yeah all these things that i've been exposed to over time i started to develop a reaction to so if you get another exposure it starts that inflammatory cycle again and you have to you have to calm that down, and then on the other side, you have to eat foods that are high in nutrients because your cells are, you know, starving. And most people's cells are starving, but when you're trying to recover and get your body to heal, you need to give your body optimal nutrition, um, whether it's cancer, autoimmunity, heart disease, you name it. And so, like I have, on average, you know, three cups of dark leafy greens every day i have multi you know the rainbow selection so like three mm -hmm. cups of different colors i go and have broccoli cauliflower cruciferous ones every day and i watch the type of meat that i eat and i have a whole bunch of supplements um uh, that i take to boost antioxidants and all these things um so that regimen is really strict and and i get a swift kick in the backside by my body um, if I don't, so it's kind of nice to have a built-in, um, you know, regulator that tells you when you're not doing things right, wrong way, but, yeah, turn around. Right. <laughs> yeah. The feedback is immediate. It's not like you eat something. Oh, I feel so good after that pizza or that donut, yeah. you know, no, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. That's good though. I mean, a lot of people. I think a lot of people have that, but they don't pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. They just accept that this is how it is and go on. Right. And right. they don't have to, cause, but that's what they've been taught. They don't know any different. They just assume because everybody around them is the same way yeah. that this is just how life is. This is how health is. This is how the body is. And 
And I think it's, it's interesting to observe other people go through their journey too. Um, when you cut out junk foods, you know, basically non-foods, right? They're foods for taste, mm-hmm. not for nutrition. Um, right. And you cut those foods out and then you introduce one after a while and you get really, really sick. And you feel like, oh man, I can't eat that at all. Like before, that never used to cause that much grief for me, but now it makes mm-hmm. me feel really, really sick. I don't like this. I want to go back to being able to tolerate my beer or my pizza or my yeah. donut once in a while. Well, think about that though. Your body has gotten to a point where now it's cleaned out and it's aware of what is really good for you. And it's aware of how bad those things are truly for you. But we're conditioned to accept that they're okay and this being fine with how our body is working is is the cultural norm right and we see how generally sick most people are in our country Mm -hmm. i mean cancer in one out of three or one out of two i think and heart disease one out of three one out of two people um it's all these conditions are extremely uh widespread and prevalent and we take it as it's just the way it is. We're genetically right. wired that way, but it wasn't there a hundred years ago. You know, our yeah. our lifestyles changed so radically and we've gotten sicker. Yeah. So again, it's about rewiring the belief that this is not how it's supposed to be. Right. This is not normal. Right. Like our society accepts that as normal and expected and it's not. And I don't know if you know. I don't know if you saw the the documentary about the Blue Zones book that just came out. It was Live to a Hundred or Life to a Hundred or something. It was on Netflix. I haven't seen it, but yeah, I remember you mentioned it. Oh, yeah. it was so inspiring just to see the actual video footage of all these hundred uh, year olds or or you know older people who are very very functional into their nineties and early hundreds, and you know you realize okay they don't eat crap all day long and they don't sit around on a couch and you know watch tv i mean maybe they watch some but they don't watch much they'll sit around and watch their family together yeah playing a game you know that's their tv is family time social yeah. time with their loved ones and friends close friends and and to see that they're enjoying their life and not spending the last 10 or 20 years miserable sick right. and inactive you know like that to me is the payoff, right? You you get to go right. out in a decent, respectable, functional state. Right, right. Because what's the point of living to old age, whatever that might be for you, if you're not doing it healthfully? Totally. And we could go on for a, like a whole other conversation around the social interactions that they have and all of that, the blue zone thing, but we won't. Uh, <laughs> I got one, uh, two more questions for okay. you. One, what? So you're pretty energetic already. Mm-hmm. When you need an extra boost of energy, what's your hype song? My hype song is anything from you too, but in particular, um, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Live version from the Rattle and Hum album. Okay. Yeah. How many times have you seen them in concert? Um, one, two, three, four times. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I will put a link to that in the show notes so everybody can rock out to it. Cool. And then lastly, if somebody wants to know more about how to 
continue this conversation with you. Maybe they have an autoimmune disease or they have something that is uh, that they haven't figured out, like their body's telling them something and they're getting these same kind of diagnosis as you got. Like, I don't know. Nobody knows what it is. Um, Or if they just want to continue a conversation about what is possible with chiropractic, how do they reach you? Probably the easiest is go to my website um, and there's a schedule now button there. So you can schedule an appointment with me. Uh, You'll see my schedule right there. So it's probably easiest. So it's wholebodyhealthchiropractic.com. Whole W-H-O-L-E body health chiropractic. So it's pretty easy. Uh, .com. And then you'll see my pop-up video and me telling a little story snippet of what, what I'm all about. And then click the schedule now button. You'll see my availability and you can create an appointment right there. Um, that's probably the easiest way. Okay. Or you can find us. Cool. You can find I'll... us on social too, Instagram and or Facebook. Yeah, Instagram. Yeah. Okay. I will put links to all of that in the show notes as well to make it really easy. Fantastic. Dr. Dave, thanks so much for joining me today on Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Thank you, Lori. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Dr. Dave and I have talked about recording an episode almost since I first became a patient last year. I've learned so much from him, so I was especially excited to have him as my guest on Fine is a Four-Letter Word, so you could hear what he has to share, too. These are the key takeaways. Number one, as a child, you may have been taught to give and give and give in the spirit of self-sacrifice to the point where if you celebrate your wins or show pride in yourself— You're accused of bragging and told not to be selfish. You'd neglect yourself because it seems like the right thing to do. Number two, history has a tendency to repeat itself, even if you think you've learned from it. Dr. Dave's parents divorced when he was very young, but were both great parents. Because that seemed fine to him growing up, he didn't realize he had created the same kind of marriage for himself until things were already going off the rails. Number three, When you go into decline, it tends to happen slowly and then all at once. Dr. Dave had chest pains and a whiteout shortly after enjoying a meal that was unhealthy for him, but was great comfort food. Ironically, or perhaps tellingly, it was the same food from the same restaurant his dad took him to as a child that was part of their father-son bonding. Number four, most people are so conditioned to look for and even accept heart disease and cancer as normal that they often miss the true sources of illness. When Dr. Dave first told me about the heart pains and the whiteout, I thought, perhaps like you did, he had a heart attack. Unfortunately, issues regarding the autoimmune system are rarely the first thing doctors check for, which prolongs the situation. Number five, in order to solve a problem, we must first understand and acknowledge the problem. Number six, as a society, we cannot accept being unhealthy as normal. It is not fine. By truly understanding your innate resilience and healing capability, you become healthier physically, mentally, and spiritually. Thanks for listening to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. If you've enjoyed the show, please follow and share it with a friend. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform to help others discover it too. You can find links to my socials on my website, zenrabbit.com. And before you go, take a moment to reflect on what you're grateful for today. 
Remember, you have the power to create a life you love. And I'm proud of you. Thanks for joining me. Take care.